Here are some facts about New Year's resolutions. By the end of January, 40% of the people who made resolutions are out. They're done. They didn't even make it through the first month. Told you this is encouraging. By by Valentine's Day, 75% of the people who said they were going to do something new, they've already quit. And by spring, you can get on Craigslist and get some of the best deals on used exercise equipment (laughs) of the year. All because people started out saying, I'm going to do it. It's going to happen. But then something happens as time goes on, week after week, and then the waistline doesn't shrink like you had hoped. The relationship goes right back to where it used to be. You continue to charge up the credit cards over and over and over again. And by six to eight weeks into the year, it's like, why even try? But what if there was a way? What if there was a way to say, you know what, this is it. This is it. Things are going to be different, and I'm, I'm going to do it. There is. By looking into God's word and sticking with this one simple principle of taking small steps one at a time, we can achieve what God wants us to achieve in our life. See, the problem is when we have a goal or resolution, whether it's the new year or whenever we do it, we look at the end, right? You look at the end and you think, I want a perfect relationship. I want a perfect body. I want to be in perfect shape. But the deal is you're not there. You don't have a perfect relationship. You're not spiritually healthy. You don't have a perfect body. You're all the way over here where that thing just looks like a dream. You know, like, wow, if I could, if I could get there, everything would be great. So you begin to evaluate yourself today on what you're not, what you want to be out in the future, and it gets discouraging. And before you know it, it's like, why even try? I'm just going to give up. Personally, I have a goal, and I hesitated. I didn't tell people this first service, I don't think. If you were here, I don't remember. didn't mean to if I did. I have a personal goal of I would like to get a half marathon in sometime in 2011. I would love to do it. And a couple of months ago, I started doing a little running, and I'm up to four miles. I'm up. I mean, i got to go all the way up to 13.1, but I'm up to four. And and the first day I ran with my 15-year-old, she says I'm getting better because she can see me when we finish now, you know, like, so the first, the first day was just like a mile and I thought I was going to die. The first day, there's no way I could have just taken off and done four. It would have been impossible, but now I'm up to four and I can do that pretty comfortably. And, but if I tried to do 13 this afternoon, I would like cough up a lung or something. I mean, something really bad would happen, but I'm going to get there eventually. By taking little step after little step after little step. And before I know it, it's going to be like, wow, I can do this. Maybe I could go even further. It's the same way spiritually and relationally. You can't heal a broken relationship today. You can't get spiritually mature today. But you know what you can do? You can take a little step. One little step that will get you closer. And what better time to start thinking about the, the first step and the little steps is when the new year begins. The word new all by itself causes us to act, right? Why would we choose January? Why don't you choose March as, your, as the day you start? Well, because it's a new year. I'm going to do new things. New is the best marketing word in the world because all marketers have to do is put the word new on a label and sales go up. It's true. Study after study. The only thing new is the label. And people buy it. 
Oh, because it says new and improved. Honey, get that. It's new and improved. And all that's new and improved is the label. And there's probably less stuff in there anyway. So it's new and improved for them. They make more money, right? The word new kind of motivates us to get us thinking about doing new things in our life. So why not new year, some new goals, some new resolutions, and how about some new steps, just some little steps? See, the truth is that God wants to do something new inside of every one of us all the time. People have always loved the word new because the word new sounds like fresh, second chance, new start, a new day. A new journey. God talks about that in his word. In the book of Isaiah, I'm going to read from something the the prophet Isaiah said. And there's some Bibles coming up and down the aisles right now. If you don't have one, just let the ushers know. And they'll give you one. It's yours to keep, or if you just want to use it to read along with me, you can do that and leave it on the table on the way out. Also, all the scriptures will be on the screen, too, if you want to read uh, with me uh, when I read from Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah 43, God is speaking through the prophet Isaiah, and he's just finished reminding his people, the Israelites, that he did some great things for them. He's reminding them of their journey out of slavery in Egypt to the promised land. And when that journey first got started, Pharaoh's army was coming after them because he did not want to ultimately decide, I don't want him to be free, let's go kill them all. And they get up against the sea And God opens the sea. You've heard this story, I hope, or or seen it on TV. And they walk through on dry ground. Then God closes the waters over, over Pharaoh's army, and they drown. And God says, and here's what God says about that. First words, after he tells them that story, but forget all of that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. If you don't get anything else today, get this. God wants to do something in me more than he wants me to do something new. He wants me to change from the inside more than he wants me to do something new, whether it's relational or physical or emotional or whatever new thing that you want to do, God says, I want to do something new inside of you first because change that doesn't start on the inside in our lives is not lasting change at all. For you, 2010 that just passed us 16 days ago may have been a horrible year. Maybe some bad things happened. Maybe you feel like that was the year I was in an emotional or financial or vocational wasteland. And God says, I want to make a way out for you. And he does. He wants to make a way out for each of us. Just like for the Israelites. And when he said, you're in a wasteland, I'm going to make a pathway. Now, he could have, when they were on the side of the sea, where they were about to get slaughtered, he could have just like scooped them all up in his hands and put them over on the other side and been finished. And they wouldn't have had to move one ounce. But they did. They had to move. They had to act. He opened up the waters and they walked through the path that he had provided. And God will do that for each of us. He'll provide a pathway. It's not just like, hey, God's going to snap his fingers and everything's going to be perfect in my life. He will provide the pathway for us to walk, for him to do something new. 
in order for God to do something new in my life, he, he wants me to experience movement. He wants me to take risks. He wants me to do new things. He wants me to get outside of my comfort zone. And if you're going to walk the path that God has for you to, for something new to happen, then you've got to get uncomfortable. You've got to walk this pathway that he provides out of the wilderness into freedom. We're not designed to just sit still and do nothing. There has to be movement in our life and risk there ha- we have to be taking chances. We have to do more beyond just sitting here week after week after week. Something big happened in Nola Osha's life. She turned 95 last year, but that wasn't the biggest thing that happened. The biggest thing, biggest thing that happened in Nola was she got her bachelor's degree last year. She finally finished. She started when she was 65 years old. 30 years to complete her bachelor's degree. It only took me six. I feel much better now. He was like, six? That's nothing. I need to mail that article to my dad and say, see, you thought I was wasting time. This person took 30. You thought six was a long time. 30 years she took. Now, she had every reason to say, well, I'm giving up. I'm not going to do it. I mean, you're 95. Every day is, is a gift. Every day is like, I'm breathing. I mean, you're on like the clock's already past midnight and you're just, you're getting some really quality time after 95. I mean, that's, all, that's beating all the odds. And yet she still persevered. She still walked the path. She still put, got herself out of her comfort zone and, and moved towards something new. And that can happen for each of us when we do it the way God marks out a path for us have something new happen in our life. When Nola was interviewed by the local news media when she graduated, they asked her what she was going to do with her degree. And she said, you know, I would like to have a career on uh, a cruise ship. And I would like to be a storyteller all around the world on a cruise ship. I mean, is that not somebody that's ready for a new journey? I mean, she's 95. And instead of thinking about the rest home, she's thinking about what am I going to do for a career? I got to get my career started here constant movement that's what it takes in our life for new things to happen it's when we just sit back and look over there and think oh, i'd like to have that but geez that is a journey that's a long way i'd like to have a slimmer waistline but oh man the work i got to do to get there the things i got to push back away from my face in order to get there i'm just not willing to do it i'd love to have a, a deeper relationship with god but that takes discipline and 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 all this stuff that is just uncomfortable Any movement in our life will require us to put ourselves in places where we're just not comfortable. If if life feels a little bit dry, God provides a way out. If you're having trouble with being patient, God could just go, you are now a patient person. But that's not how it works. Patience is learned through experience. If you want to have more rest in your life, you could pray really hard and God could could just zap you with rest. But that's not how it works. You've got to learn how to rest through discipline. And if you want to have a better relational life, it's not going to just happen like that. It's going to happen because you walk the pathway out of the wilderness into something new in your life. 
So, so to start this series out, to kind of build a foundation on which every other message in this series will, will be built, we need to talk about some things, some little steps. So I told you about the little steps to kind of get where you need to go. Like a runner getting a half mile and then a mile and then two. There's, there are little spiritual and relational steps that we can take through the pathway that God provides to get us out of the wilderness so he can do something new in our life. Some people call these little steps spiritual disciplines. I don't like the word discipline. I think of a belt when I think of discipline or a switch, you know, something like that. So let's say habit. That doesn't sound better. Spiritual habits. That's what, that's how we can take these little steps. Just developing some habits in our lives, things that we're able to do. The definition of a spiritual habit is this. Any activity I do by direct effort that will help me do what I cannot now do by direct effort. Simple steps of what you can do to lead you towards what you can't do. That's your pathway out of the wilderness. Simple little steps that you're able to do. So you may think it's impossible to heal this relationship today, but you know what? You could be nicer today. You could do something nice for someone today. It's impossible to to, to get closer to God, but you could take one little step today and get closer. And here are some of these little steps. And it may sound like, wow, well, that's, that's really profound, Donnie. You put a lot of thought and effort into that one. But here's what it is. Here's the first step. Pray. Just pray. Just start to pray. Because there are things in my life that won't happen because I don't pray. Now, prayer can be very intimidating. Because I remember when I first started showing up at church and I would hear a a speaker say, I was before God for a whole hour praying. And I would think, you're lying. (laughs) There's no way that you could be like on your knees by your bed. How are you doing? You mean you were praying for an hour. I mean, I'm good to get three minutes of one consistent thought. And you're telling me for 60 minutes you prayed. I don't believe it. That sounds intimidating. If I stood up here and said, oh, you got to get that hour of prayer time in every morning. Get up early right before the sun comes up, you know, like 4.35 o'clock, get a cup of coffee. That's what spiritual people do. When people would tell me that, I would think, you are a great liar because I don't know anybody that does that. At that time, that's what I would think. It was intimidating to think, well, I'll never be a good prayer because I can't do that. Let me me start at midnight. I'm a night guy. I could do it. But 5 o'clock in the morning, not going to work for me. Or when someone says, God answered my prayer and I got the job. God answered my prayer and the doctor's report completely changed. God answered my prayer and this was better, that was better. And we're thinking, I've never really had a prayer answered like that. I've never seen someone sick and then get better because somebody prayed. It can be intimidating when we start to talk about prayer because sometimes people can talk about it in such a way that makes it look like it's not accessible to the average person. So I set out. And I walked up to that minister that day and I said, tell me how you pray for an hour. Because, and, and, and with the attitude, like, I don't believe you anyway. So tell me how you do that. So he told me how he did it. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Maybe, possibly, I'll give you, cut you a break. Well, tell me how prayers are answered. And it helped me understand this whole idea of Prayer can be anywhere, anytime. It's just simply me communicating with God. I've had couples come into my office for some pastoral counseling, and they 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 they're having maybe they're having issues, 
And I've been shocked at the amount of people. The, when I ask the first question I normally ask, have you two like gotten together, really looked at each other and talked about this? They're like, well, no, that's why we're here, you know? <laughs> I'm like, well, why, why don't you try this? Just try this. And then next week, let me know how it goes. Just go somewhere, look into each other's eyes and talk about what the issues are. And they're like, really, that would help? Just try it. Just, just give it a try. And most of the time, unless the issue is really, really, really deep, that works. And that helps people. And it's the same way with us and God. Taking a step to just communicate with God. It can be while I'm driving in the car. It can be right before dinner. It can be right after dinner, right when I get up, right when I go to bed, right before I go into an important meeting. Just take time and communicate with Him. Even if it's 30 seconds, that's 30 seconds of communication. That's better than zero. And for some people, maybe it, maybe it is an hour. But take the time and communicate. You can even pray to God through reading his words back to him. There was a time not too long ago in my spiritual life where I just felt this like a heaviness. Like, like, like a spiritual kind of darkness. Anybody ever been there where you just kind of feel like, you know, something's not right. It just doesn't, just inside my spirit, things just aren't feeling right. And you wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning thinking about it, thinking about it at noon. And I went to a good friend who's a spiritual counselor. And, and I talked to him about it. I said, how do I, what's the best way to get past this? I mean, yeah, I pray and, and you know, I ask advice. But I just really get past it. And he said, you've got to pray God's word back to him. So he just suggested, why don't you just use the first line of Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. And every time you feel this, whether it's anxiety or spiritual darkness or whatever it is, every time you feel it, just pray that. So I did. First time, didn't really make a difference. Second time, not much. But over time, that little sentence, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Acknowledging that that's who God is to me. Over time, step after step, the darkness left. And the same thing can happen for you simply by communicating with God. So don't be intimidated by, well, it's got to be an hour, it's got to be profound, or there's got to be something really, really deep in there. No, just pray and communicate. Because... Your relationship with God will not be what it could be without prayer. Another baby step. Prayer and read, God, read his word. Read the Bible. Because God will do something in me when I read his word. Now the Bible is also intimidating when you think about it. It's a big book. There's 66 books in here. And there's an Old Testament that got, that's got 39, a New Testament that's got 27. Jesus is all in the New Testament. There's a bunch of red letters. I'm not even sure what those are, right? I mean, you're thinking, well, this is kind of intimidating. And if I just pick it up and I start reading, what if I hit the book of Leviticus? I mean, that's boring reading. It's like, if you want to go to sleep, read it. Because out of context, it's like, what, do all, what is this talking about? And it's not chronologically laid out because men put the order of books in there. They're all inspired by God's word and his spirit, but men decided how they were going to go in there. And they're kind of more arranged like a library than they're definitely not chronologically in order. So you start reading and you get one story here and then wait, wait, I thought I read that a book ago and wait, it's told a little bit different. So I'm not quite 
getting it. So the Bible can be very intimidating. And then when you hear someone say, I'm reading through the Bible this year. Well, yeah, I can read all the words, but are they going to mean anything? So God's word is designed at whatever point you start to read. I mean, you don't have to have this comprehension of the whole book. Just pick it up and start to read it. In fact, the, the Bible says about itself in Hebrews chapter 4, it says the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Something happens when you read God's word. It is a powerful book. And when you read it, and maybe even put to memory, some of the words in there, things will change in your life. Maybe not today or tomorrow, but a steady diet. Even if it's a verse a day, a chapter a day, a paragraph a day, wherever you can start with that step, take the step. Remember, a spiritual habit is something I can do so I can get to something later that I can't do now. You're going to read probably every single day, right? Everybody read. You go through a day and go, I haven't read a thing today. You're going to read something. It's kind of like you don't get to the end of a day and go, you know, I forgot to eat. Man, I'm, you know, I didn't eat breakfast. I forgot about lunch. Totally slipped, dinner slipped my mind. That doesn't happen. You remember because you hunger for it. And as you start to get a little bit of God's word in your life every single day that you can do, it won't be long to where you're hungering for more. You're hungering for little phrases out of his word that say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You'll hunger for little words like nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. You'll hunger for the words that says one day God will quiet you with his love and rejoice over you with singing. And you'll hunger to know the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. And so those little steps that you can take will lead you down the pathway so you can experience something new that you're unable to experience now but you can get there you can say this is it i'm going to take the little steps that are going to build on each other and they're going to walk me down the pathway so if i just do something as simple as prayer simple as reading god's word and the last habit is being connected getting connected with other people god wants me to be connected with others in meaningful relationships And sometimes the pathway that God provides out of the wilderness is through a connection with other people. Every difficult road that I've had to walk in my life, every road where there's been fear and not knowing what the end was going to be, every time that I've had those emotional downtimes, God used people that I was connected to to bring me encouragement, to bring me wisdom, and to bring me back on that pathway that leads to something new. God did not design us to walk the pathway alone. But like the other two, being connected can be intimidating. I mean, you hear us talk about small groups all the time. You got to get in a life group. And sometimes we do it with a little bit of anger. Like you got to get in a life group. If you want to be happy in life, you got to get in a life group. If you want to go to heaven, any hope, you got to be in a life group. I mean, you hear us say that kind of stuff all the time. But we also understand, well, I'm just joking about the heaven thing. 
kind of. But you, you also have to understand, and we have to understand that being in a life group can be very intimidating. Because here is what, to the person walking in for the first time, if you're here for the first time today, this is what being in a life group might mean for you. You mean I've got to go to somebody's house I don't know, take my kids who break everything, sit in a circle in a living room and read the Bible probably, and probably somebody's going to ask me to pray, then we're going to eat some chocolate chip cookies and we're going to go home. No thanks. You know, I'm not getting a lot of fun out of that or feeling a lot of connected. Or what if, oh my gosh, what if somebody asked me to read? What if somebody asked me to pray? What if, what if, I don't know anything about this. I don't know what a life group is. I get that. We get that sometimes that can sound very intimidating to give it a try. Now, I know that at least the people here are not intimidated by being in this room because you're here. If you're here for more than one time, it's like, hey, I kind of like this place. I'll keep coming back. I can sit in the dark back there. Nobody really sees. I shoot out the back door. And, and maybe that's you. Maybe that's you for a while, and that's okay for a while. But here's a commercial break, because there are two events coming up that's going to help you take a little step to get beyond this area that's not intimidating at all, that shouldn't feel at all weird, to get to another area where you can take a little step to get connected. Not yet in a life group, not yet singing around you know, the coffee table and living room, not yet. But one step in between that would be a couple of these events that we have coming up. Now, ladies, I want you to listen to this one because you need to tell your husband, your boyfriend, your son, your dad, whoever, or if you're a single guy, just somebody nudge the single guys. So the, the guy that's sitting next to you, you need to give him a nudge because we got two Saturdays coming up starting this Saturday morning. It's called The Leader Within, and it's specifically for men to come and take part in and learn about how we're all leaders on some level and how through God's strength, God's spirit, and our willingness, we can be better leaders. And we can take that responsibility even more seriously and be better leaders across everything and see what God's word has to say about leadership. Our goal, we, we've, we're not far from our goal of 100 guys showing up to this. So guys, just flip over your WhatsApp card. Ladies, if you have to do it for him, do it. Check on there the leader within or write it in if it's not on there to check and just, just let us know that you're coming because the next two Saturdays could be what really changes you. You're going to hear stories of people's lives changed. You're going to hear stories of struggles and how, and how God has worked in other people's lives. And you're going to leave having taken a little step towards having that connectedness that God really wants you to have and that you really long for, but you just don't know how to get there. Nobody's going to ask you to pray. Nobody's going to sit in a circle and say, hey, why don't you read this next three chapters with all these long names in it? Nobody's going to do that. It's just going to be one little click more personal than this big space right here. So guys, come to it the next two Saturday mornings. You will not regret it. And ladies, there's something for you coming up at the end of February. We do ladies' Bible study every, every several months. We do another one for six to eight weeks, and there's a new one starting at the end of February. Sign up for that. Get in it. If you've never opened God's Word, doesn't matter. Show up and listen. Show up and participate. And again, it's not a place where you're going to be singled out or, or you need to be intimidated, but show up. Get to know other people. Get connected. And before you know it, you're going to feel yourself taking these little tiny steps 
And one day, maybe at the end of this year, you'll look back and say, wow, I'm, I'm at the place I really wanted to be. Maybe it's physically. We're going to provide some stuff to help you with that in a couple of weeks. Maybe, maybe it's relationally. We're going to provide something to help you with that too. Everything that we talk about in this series, this is it. We're going to provide a way for you to take a little step. And today's little step is going to one of those two events. Don't miss either one of them. Well, don't miss the guys one or don't miss the girls one. Take those little steps in order to get to the new thing that God wants you to do in your life. We can all experience it. We can all experience it because thousands of years ago, this verse in Isaiah 43, God said to them, and he says to us, for I am about to do something new. Let him do something new in your life, not just because it's a new year, but because God has a path set out for each of us to get to the place where something new and fresh is happening. So together, let's say, let's all say it together, this is it. This is it. Make this your year. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your words and the way they just speak to us and words that were written thousands of years ago can have meaning for us today. God, help us to take these little steps, the little step of prayer, the little step of reading your word, and the little step of being connected. And Father, as we do that and walk the pathway that you have for us, may we experience life out of the wilderness and out of the wasteland and have the freshness and newness that comes from you. And I pray this in Jesus' name.